Um, next, I have the privilege of introducing my sweet friend, Kayla Uliger. She works at the Children's Division here um, in Buchanan in Andrew County. And I just absolutely love her and the perspective she brings. And um, she's been doing this for several years. How many? Seven? Six? Six years, yeah. Um, but my best thing about Kayla that I just want all of you to know is she's such a fighter and she ride or dies for these kids. And when I'm overwhelmed and feel like I'm frustrated with things that are happening um, in life or with the system, she goes out to lunch with me and says, here's the other perspective and here's how you're taking too much of this personally and all of this stuff. So she's just like a really awesome person to have and we're so excited that she's here to kind of share some things to open our eyes of what's going on um, right here in our county. So if you would help me give a great welcome to our friend Kayla Uliger. Good morning. I told her I don't need this thing, but I guess I do. Um, okay, so I, as said Kayla, I've worked at Children's Division for six years. I'm not a social worker yet. I'm 172 days away from being a social worker with my master's. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I can't actually call myself a social worker by the ethics standards, but I'm really close. Um, so I'm a casework. I've been a caseworker. I've been an investigator, and now I'm a supervisor. Um, so I have a pretty broad perspective of what goes on in Buchanan and Andrew County, which is the Fifth Circuit, which is where you all, um, I think you all reside, most of you probably reside here, maybe some of you travel. Um, and in that time, I've gotten to see a large perspective from the beginning of a case to the end of the case and then overseeing cases. Um, and Sam's right, I do have an incredible passion for this. I kind of stumbled upon it in my life and never meant to be here, never thought I was going to be here, but here I am and um, love it. And even when I'm drained and overwhelmed, um, Sam does that for me. Um, she'll tell you that I, what'd you say, fight or what'd you say, writer? Ride or die, um, to the point where Sam gets regular phone calls late at night from me going, from me going, hey, I really need a placement. Do you, can you help me out tonight? It's like 11 o'clock, and she's like, no, leave me alone. And I'm like, yeah, but I need, I need your help. Like, I need your help now. So um, this is a um, incredible um, thing to be here with you guys. I'm incredibly blessed and honored. I was here. Uh, I'm already forgot her name. Who, who did I lean over and told you that I was? I saw in the the foster parent in the video. From Thailand. Who got, the, who got the kiddos from? The Davises. The last time I was here, they were getting ready to go to pick, to get their kiddos. And so I think that's been a minute since that happened. Um, yeah, so it's okay. Um, so currently in Buchanan County, we have about 100 kids in foster care, which historically is about 30 to 40 more than we've ever had. In the last like year and a half, we've just been climbing and kids are staying in longer and they're not exiting um, foster care at the same rate they were before. We're getting more serious cases and we're getting a lot, um, I don't know, it just heavier, more complicated things that make it more complicated for kids to go back. Um, and Bob had asked me to kind of share and Sarah's perspective on something. Um, there's kind of two games here, right? There's foster care and there's adoption. And while foster care may end up in adoption, and often it does, um, it's kind of a different game because foster care, our number one goal is reunification. We start out that game from like, hey, what do we have to do to get these kids back with their caregivers, whatever that looks like. And if we can't do it, what does the next permanency plan look like? And often that's adoption or guardianship with a, fa a family member. But I think it's kind of a forgotten note about foster care that we work really, really hard to try to fix whatever happened. And that's kind of on our side of things is trying to figure it out. 
Um, so of the 100 kids that we have in foster care, about 20 of them are in residential care, 25 of them, um, which is a pretty high number comparatively to the state. We're actually a lot higher. And those kids are kids that suffer from severe behaviors or have um, severe diagnoses or just are really hard to maintain in the home. They can be aggressive. Um, I don't know, use substance abuse, that kind of thing. And so because of that, because those kids are harder, they often end up having to go get residential treatment. So those kids excluded from my 100, those 20 to 25, we still have about 20 to 25 kids who are placed out of county, meaning they didn't get to stay in their community because we didn't have enough foster homes or open foster homes for them to stay here. Well, last time I was here, that number was about 45. So I will say I probably single-handedly Wellspring has brought that number down significantly over time. And I love the mission of this church that you guys have accomplished that. And from the outside in, you guys are so amazing. I don't, you probably all think you're just like doing your normal thing. But from the outside, um, you are a rare unicorn of the churches in town. Um, I hope you know, that's a compliment when I say you're a unicorn. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're tooting sprinkles everywhere, so it's fine. Um, it's true. But, I, but seriously, you guys have a heart for it, and I know that your church is set on this mission to be that, and it's apparent from the outside. It's, it's apparent from the systems, and it's apparent from the people who don't go here and from the people who even just touch you. It's very apparent that this cause, I'm here on Sunday, not at my regular church, um, talking to you guys because you have such a heart and mission to dedicate a whole day to this. So um, I have a little um, activity we're going to do in here in a second. Um, but I need some volunteers. Um, you will not be required to speak. I just need you to stand up here and hold a card, and I need 12 people. I will pick you out if you don't volunteer. 12. 12, please. Woo! Just come on up here. Whenever I get 12, I can make up more if I need to. I don't. Okay. Give me one second, please. This is Mike. Mike is a eight-year-old boy who was residing in town with a relative. Relative, where are you? Right here. Relative. And with his two siblings. Um, and something happened where Mike kind of got a little upset, and there was a big combative thing. And the relative, uh, I probably should have given you names, but anyway, she decides, I can't do this anymore. I haven't had support for very long, or for, for the entire time I've had these kids. Um, I can't do this anymore. And she calls us and says, I need you to come pick these kids up. Okay. And that's probably going to be on, like, Friday at, like, 7.30 p.m. So just because that's how the things roll in my world. Okay, so Mike and his siblings come into foster care. So um, I talk to the relative and I say, hey, what, what's going on? Can you take the kids back if we gave you some support? Nope, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I really need you to figure it out another way. And it's just because I'm, I'm done and overburdened. 
the relative goes away. So everything that Mike and his siblings knew about that person has been lost from their circle, okay? Next, I place a phone call to the placement desk, and I say, hey, I need a foster parent who can take a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a four-year-old. Do you have any of those? Uh, no, sorry, we really don't. We'll look and we'll call you back. Six hours later, Mike and his siblings have been sitting in my office. It's 11 o'clock. We still don't have a placement. What am I going to do with these kids? This is usually when I call Sam and say, Sam, do you want to take three kids for me for tonight? And she says, I will work on something with you because I'm, I've got my hands full too. So come to find out they don't have any available placements, but I do have two placements. So Mike is going to go to um, my friend Amber on the other north side of town, but his siblings, we don't have anybody that can take two kids. They're going to go to Platte City, and he's only going to get to see his siblings every other week because the drive is so constraining with school and everything else that he's only going to see his siblings twice, once every other two weeks. So the siblings kind of go away from his circle of immediate people he gets to spend time with. <clears throat> So then I start investigating, where are mom and dad? Really, that's where, what, what's gonna happen with mom and dad. Well, come to find out, mom's addicted to methamphetamines, and she's had a really hard time, um, and she just is, cannot get clean. She loves Mike, and she wants to do the best she can, which is why she placed Mike with the relative, but she just can't do it. And she, in fact, um, says, I can't be a part of this right now, so I'm, so I'm gonna go away for a little while. We talk to Mike and say, hey, Mike, where's dad? I don't know who dad is. Okay, well, have you ever had anybody like that? Well, yeah, I had grandpa. Where's grandpa? Grandpa was my father figure. Man, we did everything together. I just love him. He's the most important person in my life. Okay, great. Where's grandpa? He died last year. <clears throat> so the foster parent calls me and says, look, I really love Mike, and he's super sweet, but we're having a hard time, and we have a lot on our hands. Can you try to find another placement? I will work on that. A week goes by, still can't find anybody. Mike's having a hard time because everybody he knows has just walked out of his life, right? Everything's different. The foster parent says, I can't do it anymore. So I call back to my placement desk and say, hey, can you take, um, I have an eight-year-old kid, nine-year-old, how old did I say you are? You're eight and a half. Um, <laughs> he's going to be nine soon. Hey, can you take this? I need another placement for this kiddo. We don't have anything, but the nearest thing that we're going to have is in Kansas City, about 110 miles down south, um, but that's the nearest thing I have. So I leave it for another five days. I'm calling everybody I know. I'm working everything I know as that case manager. I'm calling, 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 calling. Nobody can do it. We just don't have the constraint to do it. Okay. So I move Mike to Kansas City. What do you think goes with Mike when I move him to Kansas City? His friends go away. His teacher goes away. His school counselor goes away. His coach, the one person who was kind of coaching him, the one father, other father figure he had goes away. His child pediatrician, the only person he's seen every year consistently for his shots, that, that person goes away too. And his church goes away. Even though his foster family has a new church family, that's not the same people that he sees every week with the people he was with, right? So now Mike's left with his caseworker and his foster parents, the new foster parents. But the caseworker calls her supervisor and says, I'm so tired. I got 45 kids I'm running around finding placements for, and I can't do it anymore. Here's my resignation. She goes away too. All that remains is the foster parent, 110 miles away, who says, I'm going to stick with it, and I'm gonna, I've got Mike. But she doesn't have a whole lot of, they don't have a whole lot of support either. That's the end of that part, so that's foster part and Mike. But this is a reality. 
I would love to tell you that this is one out of my 100 kids, but it's not. This is a reality of all of our kids face. Coming into foster care is a major loss. Often it's necessary, something terrible has happened, something bad, they were neglected or abused in some fashion, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't come with so much loss and so much grief. And everybody looks at Mike and says, Mike, why can't you just behave? Right? Mike, get it together. Mike is really struggling with some stuff, right? He's riding the struggle bus, and he don't know how to get off of it, and nobody else knows how to get him off of there either. So I paint that picture for you guys because I think it's forgotten how much loss comes with foster care. We, it's necessary. I I'm wholeheartedly in that game. I, I believe it. We have to keep kids safe. Safety is ultimately ultimate goal of everybody that works in this field. We want these kids to be safe. But it doesn't mean it doesn't come at a really big cost. So when we work really, really hard to prevent that from happening, this is why. Because we want kids to stay in their community. Even if, even if he had entered foster care, he would have lost the first six. But if he could have stayed in St. Joe, he would have kept the last seven. He would have kept so many people in his network that could at least know or be a familiar face day in and day out. So when I come and passionately speak, and I'm so happy about you guys being able to keep kids in this community, I mean it because it's a huge, huge, huge thing, even to stay at the same school. You can switch it out. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. So I'm grateful um, for the work that you guys have done so far um, and everything that you kind of believe in this. And so I'm hoping that's inspiring you. Like, how can I get involved? Bob asked me to share some ways that you can kind of be in this, right? And the spectrum is really big on ways that you can be involved um, with foster care in Buchanan County or foster system, okay? So if you're just like, I need to know more and I want to like attend some meetings or I want to just know, I want to come and do some of that, I have ways that you can do that. Um, we have the care portal. Does everybody know what the care portal is? I hope so. But that's, um, so the care portal, we just launched tier two and in that capacity, you can come and supervise some visits. We know that's a really major thing between parent and child that helps reunification process is the more often they can see mom and dad or mom and dad can see kiddo. But we usually don't have enough people to help supervise those visits and make sure kids are safe. So that's a way you can get involved. Um, being a mentor to Mike and siblings or the older kids who have tend to lost, they've lost a lot of people. Um, that's another great way that you can get involved. And then fostering and of course adoption. So the spectrum is big. It's not for everybody to foster. It's not for everybody to adopt. Um, but there is a place, there's a puzzle piece where you fit into this gigantic puzzle for everybody. Um, and I'm just so grateful that you all are kind of willing and have open hearts to hear about that. Um, the last thing that I have to put a plug in for is on the back behind the, that, what do we call that? The sound booth, words. Um, I brought to, with me today the Heart Gallery. The Heart Gallery is a traveling display of kids that are free for adoption in the state of Missouri. So there's about 10 pictures I think about the, back there. One kiddo is from Clay County. Um, about eight of them, eight pictures, or some groups back there too, are from Jackson County, and there's one from St. Louis. So if that's something you're interested in or something you just want to learn more about, there's some pamphlets back there. I'm happy to speak to you about that. Um, and then I, it'll stay here, I think, for the month of November is what you guys asked. So um, it'll be here so we can get you more information. But thank you for your time and letting me share kind of some perspective of what we deal with.